This is Unscripted, a podcast by St. Aldate's Church. Listen along as Simon Ponsonby encourages us to dig into Scripture in the midst of our everyday lives. So take a moment to recenter your attention and welcome the presence of God as we listen to these ancient words. Well, hello, saints. And welcome to my new podcast. That sort rather suggests that I've had a previous one, but in fact, I haven't. In fact, this is my first podcast recording, and it may well be my last. Now, we're going to call it unscripted because basically it is unscripted. That doesn't mean that I'm winging it, although my wife thought, does it mean I'm making it up on the hoof? But not really. We're going to be sitting in Scripture, and I'm just going to be publicly meditating on it. Friends have encouraged me to start a podcast and uh, to just say what I see. We're going to be looking at Ephesians and tic-tacking our way through it. It certainly won't be a commentary. I'm not a scholar with those skills, and there's plenty of wonderful ones out there. I'm sat in my study looking at loads of commentaries on Ephesians opposite me. And uh, it's not intended to be a resource. Uh, I encourage you, if you want to go further, you might like to look at Bible for Life by a good friend of mine called Nick, online site and app. But really, uh, I was thinking this morning, I'm a bit like a wine taster who's just opens and pours and sips and savors and reflects and then shares what it is he's tasted. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what we're going to try and do in this podcast. And I really hope it's an encouragement. That's the purpose of God's inspired word. He wants to encourage us. He wants to uh, bring his beautiful, tender word to us. He wants to instruct us. He wants to direct us. He wants to guide us. He wants to change us. He wants to pour himself into us. And I hope in a little way, as we go through this wonderful book, that something of that will happen. It's food for thought. Uh, It's food for the journey. It's a, a brief pause for a few minutes with Scripture, with the Holy Spirit. So let's tuck in. Let's start. And like all Paul's letters, it begins with him introducing himself. He just says who he is, and it starts with Paul. He's declaring himself. And, uh, you know, I wonder if Paul loved being called Paul. And Paul celebrated this particular name because Paul, as you know, wasn't always called Paul. Paul, when we first meet him, is called Saul. And Saul was a Pharisee. He was a devout and ardent and passionate adherent to his Judaism. And he was a zealot for it. And when the church began, which grew up from the Jewish faith, with Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the fulfillment of it. Not everyone accepted as we know Jesus. Most didn't. Most rejected him as a false prophet. And even when there were claims that he'd risen from the dead and when the Spirit had been poured out and the church had been uh, founded, yet there were those who opposed it. And we know that Stephen was the first martyr who was stoned in Jerusalem because of his witness to Jesus. And we read that Saul was there, a pupil of Gamaliel, 
and he was giving his approval to this murder of this apostle, this follower of Jesus, Stephen, the deacon of the church. And then his bloodlust was up and he goes and sees the high priest and he gets permission. He gets letters, official letters to persecute those who are followers of the way, who are followers of Jesus, who accept that Jesus is the King of the Jews and the King of the universe. And he's on his way to Damascus where he's seeking to persecute these young Christian. And on the way, suddenly he's interrupted and everything changes for him. I wonder if there are those who are in Damascus, they hear that he might be coming and they're praying that God would knock him off his horse and break his neck. But instead, the Lord meets him and turns his life around. And he's his soul and he's knocked off his horse. He's blinded by the light and he hears a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul's completely blown away by this. Who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus, who you persecute him. And he's blinded by the light and the man can no longer see, but actually is beginning to see clearly who the God is. And he's taken into a home and God then sends a prophet, Ananias, and Ananias comes, lays hands on him, and he's healed of his blindness and he's introduced more fully to Jesus and he's baptized and Saul is now Paul. We don't know when he took that name. We don't know whether it was a name that was given to him at his birth because he was also a Roman citizen as well as Jewish. We don't know if it was a name that he took, but names are really significant in scripture and they often represent a, a radical change following the intervention of God in someone's life. Simon becomes Peter, Abraham becomes Abraham and so on. And Saul becomes Paul. Saul is Hebrew, Shaul, it means heard of. And he had certainly been heard of, and maybe he'd been trying to make a name for himself. But here he is, and he is now Paul. And now he wants to make a name for Jesus. This is a Latin name. It's a diminutive. It literally means tiny or puny or small. Maybe that was a name that had been given to him. Maybe it represented his physical stature. Who knows? But certainly now, Saul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, the Jewish zealot, the persecutor of the church, he is now Paul. His life has been turned around. And the one who was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians eventually arrives there and instead of persecuting them, aligns himself with them preaches the gospel to them and amongst them to others. And he then begins his life of being persecuted for being a follower of Jesus the Messiah. Shakespeare says, what's in a name? And everything is in a name. Because in this name, we have the gospel in cameo. 
that God can take someone and turn them around, that a soul can be a Paul, that someone who is a persecutor of Christ can become a devout follower of Jesus, that someone who is the furthest person away from Jesus that they could imagine suddenly becomes the most passionate, faithful follower of Jesus. It shows what God's grace is like and his mercy and his goodness. Paul, in that epic, I completely love that. And if he did it for Saul, who becomes Paul, he can do it for that family member or that friend or that colleague, that person that you know, you think they're so far from God. Well, maybe they're just ripe and ready for a Damascus encounter. Why don't you pray about it for them? Well, that's it for today. Thanks, saints. <laughs>